Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. TVP's announcements. This is a series that we have on our network where we give you announcements about upcoming projects and platforms that are entering the crypto ecosystem. Now, this is a disclaimer because we do that now. So, here's the thing this is the presentation of a platform, and that's it. This is an investment advice. Don't take it as investment advice. If you like the platform, seek it out in the show notes. Go there, buy the things, invest in the platform. Help them out with your skill sets. But we're not giving you any recommendations or advice. This is just for you to listen to and soak up some new information about a new platform in this ecosystem. So, please enjoy. And hello, everybody. If you heard that specific set of tunes uh, from the Absurdists, uh, our, our local DJ, no, I'm kidding, he's an excellent artist, you should follow him on SoundCloud, um, then you know it's time for another one of TBP's announcements. I'm D, you know me, host number two, and today we are joined with Michael O, the CEO and founder of CoolBitX. So welcome to the show, Michael. Oh, thank you, D, for having me into this talk. No doubt. So... We like to start all these shows very similar, and that is give you a chance as the CEO and founder of CoolBitX uh, to introduce yourself to our audience. And, and what we like to touch into is is your background, like you can get into your personal background if you want to. It wouldn't be a first for this show, um, but your professional background and then that time when you were introduced to crypto and then you automatically knew like, OK, well, you know, I'm going to drop everything I'm doing and let's 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 dive into this blockchain technology so so go ahead the floor is yours okay so my uh, personal uh, background is that i grew up in a family business we did a banking security for uh over 50 banks in over 30 countries in the world uh we specify in so-called otp card one-time password card it's a kind of two-factor authentication uh product for securing your online banking uh, actions. And my uh, professional background started, uh, well, academic background. I studied uh, PR public relations in Newcastle University in the UK, and I continued with the MBA, MBA degree in the same school. Mm. And back in 2013, when I was in the second semester of this MBA degree, I first heard about Bitcoin and I quickly became obsessed with it. So I gathered uh, two McKenzie uh, consultant friends, one based in Canada, one based in Taiwan, 
to try to work out、uh, what could be our business plan. And you know how、uh, having conference call across three time zones is—it's just a pain in the ass.、Uh, <laughs> I have to w- wake up literally every day,、uh, 4 a.m. for continuously three months until we were comfortable with our business plan, and that、mm-hmm. is to do a, a hardware wallet with the mobile-first approach to make it so easy and simple and secure for everybody to use. That's what we thought back then. The market was what what the market needed, and what would help the entire crypto or、uh, blockchain to enter this mass adoption.、Mm-hmm. And then,、uh, when I graduated from the MBA、uh, in the Newcastle, I returned to Taiwan. I had a little struggle. I was at the point where I had to decide uh, where. Um, I should go out job hunting, or I should just start this own my own business,、uh, doing crypto wallet. And I quickly learned that the job market in Taiwan was not very、um, attractive. The pay was bad, and the、uh, uh, employee welfare is so bad.、Uh, so I I decided if I had to do ordinary work. I had to work for at least twenty years to make back all my tuition fee and my expenses spent in the UK. So it doesn't really make sense back then. <laughs> I'm familiar with that story. Go on, go on. Yeah. Okay. So I decided I should start my own business and started offering better jobs, better jobs for this country. And so I started this company called Cubics, and. It was very difficult at the beginning because the, back then、uh, very little people knew what Bitcoin was in Taiwan in this country, and everybody I talked to they they all thought I, I was crazy. I thought I was into some kind of scam, and of course、mm-hmm. the funding was the most difficult part when nobody knew what you were doing. So、um, it was a very difficult start, and we started a. Indiegogo campaign、uh, to raise some money, and、uh, we gathered t- just twenty thousand、uh, US dollars just to get us started. And、uh, within one year, we were able to gather a group of、uh, engineers, very highly skilled、uh, security experts, all from the family business-related、uh, corporates. And we were able to deliver the first beta version of the product by the end of 2015, and then the market hit the bottom. The price was about、uh, 300, 400 US dollars per Bitcoin. It was so quiet, so bad. At some point, we were、uh, not able to pay、uh, salaries to the staff, to the team. Oh wow! Yeah, and. Luckily, fortunately,、um, in 2016,、uh, crypto or blockchain became more famous, more more known in this country. So we managed to get our seed money. It's about six hundred thousand US dollars. Congrats! Congratulations!、Uh, thank you. But just enough to get us going,、uh, get us started expanding. 
So once we received that money, uh, we start started hiring a lot of uh, highly skilled engineers again, and um, we expand quickly to almost twenty people, and we delivered the first complete actual product uh, of first generation Qualit uh, at the end of two thousand sixteen. That's the that's the point we first uh, gathered our. Uh, Group of loyal customers mm-hmm. and experiencing this product, and that helped us a lot to build the basis of second generation product, the one I'm gonna introduce you later, the Qualit S. That's a, that's quite a story. I, I, before we go into introducing the Qualit S, I'd like to know, just from a leadership standpoint, this is a little bit outside of crypto, but this is just a general case. What do you tell your team in a situation like 2015 when the price is low and, you know, you're looking at them in the eyes and they're like, I don't know, if, you know, what's what's the deal, man? I got to buy bread tonight, but you're telling me I'm not getting paid. So what what's going on? How do you handle How did you handle that? Okay. Uh, from the beginning of this company, I always told my team to have little faith with me, stay with me, and I I was not uh, I was not a greedy person. I was generous. I am uh, generous with uh, stock option. So when I was not able to pay the salaries, I give our company stock options uh, just to uh, motivate them. Tell them, okay, the market is bad now, but once it explodes, you'll have much more than uh, paid cash. Mm-hmm. It's gonna worth uh, a, a lot more than cash. And they believed in me um, because I was not getting paid too, and I I, I often stay late uh, working with every one of them. Uh, I'm always the first person to get into the office and last person to leave to leave. So uh, I think working alongside with the team makes them feel, okay, uh, I already devoted 100% of myself into it. I can't be, you know, bullshitting. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's at the end of the day. It's like, hey, I know you can't buy bread, but neither can I. So, <laughs> so it's all good, I guess. Um, that's that's. That's 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 very. It says a lot about your your leadership quality um, to to do that. So my hats off to you. Um, so yeah, so now let's just dive right into it. What what motivated you to create the cool wild S after you had you know you had you said you had some first generation success. You had a loyal uh, user base. So it, this is your second iteration, correct? Correct. So why make a wireless hardware wallet? Um, you know. You're competing with some some major names in the hardware wallet space. There's Ledger, there's Trezor, there's Keep Key. Um, I'm sure there'll be more. There's even uh, what's his name, the Jagoff, the guy. He's got the goatee, and he he just released the BitFee, the BitFi, the unhackable hardware wallet that was hacked to play Doom on it. Anyways, oh, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right? The guy. The, yeah, yeah. He's always saying random stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and there's just a recent news piece. Just that his unhackable wallet just got compromised. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Anyways, yeah. so I guess you're competing with some some big names in the space. So so what 
you know, what made what made you want to go into like, okay, I need to make a wireless hardware wallet and this is what the market needs. Okay. So from the point I first heard about Bitcoin, there's just one kind of news that keeps annoying me. And I'm sure it keeps annoying the market or even the mainstream who hasn't entered the crypto. That is the news that this exchange gets hacked, this individual crypto gets stolen because they didn't store or they didn't uh, manage their crypto private key very well. And that is the reason uh, I wanted to reshape how the world see the standard of a wallet, a crypto wallet. Because the way I see it is we are essentially building a new financial environment. And let's look back. What were traditional banking was doing? What, what were they doing? They built a very strong, uh, reliable system. For example, ATM cards, uh, credit cards. Uh, it's not 100% hack proof, but it's safe enough that you won't see you know, this bank gets hacked or <laughs> this individual gets stolen all the time. Let, let me put a metaphor. If, uh, if let's say we're going to take an airplane and the news is telling you every day there's an airplane crash, mm. <laughs> I, I dare you that there's just be no one uh, taking air flights anymore. Mm -hmm. And th this same concept applies to crypto mass adoption to make yeah to make the market the mainstream people the regular people uh, feel comfortable with this whether that's called new financial world new types of new new type of uh, crypto asset investment to make them feel comfortable enough just to get their feet in get their feet wet we have to let them feel safe because it's their life saving we're talking about that they are about to invest with. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, there's gotta be something wrong with the current uh, wallet uh, world back then, 2013, or even uh, before we made the Koala S. So there are four types of wallets in the market. There's pure smartphone app and there's uh, web-based, the online website uh, wallet. Mm -hmm. And there's pure software wallet running on your laptop, desktops. And then there's hardware wallet. All the first three types of wallet are so-called uh, hot wallets, where the, the place they store private keys are connected to the internet. And that's where <clears throat> the absolute uh, backdoor loophole vulnerabilities uh, are inevitable. Mm -hmm. They exist. So, storing private keys on these three mediums, to me, is just not feasible. It it doesn't matter how small amount uh, we let our users store on those um, mediums. It's a principle. We shouldn't allow any uh, um, risk. Mm -hmm. happened to our users. So I'm glad that 
the big guys, Treasure Ledger, Kipki, they came in and they built the classic version of uh, hardware wallet that does the fundamental job of keeping the private keys offline. That's excellent. But we got to push that to the next level. And why do I say that? Imagine um, this is 2018 now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And we can't have, uh, a, let's say, a pay- payment tool or a financial tool that purely only relies on one USB stick plus a very heavy two kilogram laptop. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're paying Seven uh, Eleven or Walmart with that <laughs> gears. Yeah, it, it just yeah, doesn't. You can wear sense. a backpack. You can wear a yeah. you know backpack with a little stick that comes out. No, I'm kidding. It's just it's, yeah. <laughs> so. it's it's too complicated. But that serves the serves the purpose of storing the private key very well for the uh, infant era of cryptocurrency and it's fine for a lot of engineers, tech background, coders to do that. It's already in their daily life, they are already working with the laptops. But for mainstream people, the regular people, a lot of them don't even have laptops. And it's uh, ever since Apple announced iPhone, everybody stays with their smartphone all the time. It's a mobile first uh, place now, right? So in my opinion, I want to bring the hardware wallet to the next level by <clears throat> mobilizing it. What I, what I call it, it's uh, crypto mobilization. I'm going to bring all the hardware wallet users to forget about what it used to be like, a USB plus a laptop. It's only going to be a smartphone plus a card, a card that they are so familiar with uh, because it's the same size uh, as what they've been used to credit cards for the past mm-hmm. few decades, and it fits right into their leather wallets. That you don't need have, you don't need to have an extra pocket to carry it. So the card, the coolest wallet, the card basically syncs with your phone, and is it does that act as like some sort of two factor authentication, or uh, how exactly does that does that work? Because Believe me, I would love to have a really secure wallet that I could carry around with me on my phone. Um, but I haven't seen many, so I don't. I just don't keep that much cryptocurrency on my phone. I just keep enough for a cool party trick or a bar trick, you know. But I don't. I don't keep a lot. So, so can we get into a little bit about how uh, the, you know, how's that secure? You've got just a little credit card, credit card sized, you know, something I'm very familiar with. Uh, and your in your, your smartphone. What, okay. That? Imagine this. We essentially makes a ledger into a credit card size device. That's the first change we made. First innovation. The second is that we made it wireless. We made it able to connect with smartphones via Bluetooth. So yeah, in that tiny single uh, piece of. Uh, card size device, we've managed to put in uh, a screen, a button, and a battery, rechargeable, and Bluetooth antenna. Hmm. And having Bluetooth now uh, is very important because the Bluetooth is the only thing that can connect with both iOS and Android phones at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. 
<clears throat> because obviously Apple doesn't open source its uh, NFC interface yet. And uh, I don't know if they ever will, but they might. I don't know. They might. Yeah. But, uh, um, to that note, where is the private key stored? Is it stored on the card or is it stored on the phone? Excellent question. So uh, the fundamental definition of a hardware wallet is that it keeps the private keys offline in the hardware wallet itself. So okay. <clears throat> answering your question, the private keys in this Koala S is kept, is stored, is protected in the secure element chip inside the card. And that secure element is uh, common criteria EAL 5 plus level. It's uh, more secure than uh, your daily uh, credit card or ATM cards. Yes, very secure. In fact, I think most, uh, I think the, most of the industry is leaning, they call it a trusted transaction environment. A TTE, I think, is what people are calling. I could be wrong on that, but it was like a, it's like a year since I went to that conference. But trusted transaction environment, and so the, that's where the private key is stored. And so, okay, that's neat. And so, I what I'm guessing, just making my assumption, is. I, I wouldn't be able to push a transaction to any blockchain if unless my cell phone was on me. Right. You need three things to complete one transaction. Okay. It's what we proudly call it two plus one authentication. Mm -hmm. um, you need a card on and you need a smartphone on. And you need mm -hmm. to pass the biometric authentication on your phone. So let's say facial recognition or fingerprint sensor. Whatever your phone has, we activate it in the, in the, in the app. Interesting. So when you are about to make a transaction, what you do first is uh, open our app. It's called Kubik's Crypto App. It's available on both Google Play and uh, App Store. And once you open the app, you enter the destination address and the address you are sending from and the amount you want to send to. And you confirm, you click next, next, and the app will ask user to turn on the power of the card. And once you mm -hmm. turn it on, they will automatically connect with each other via Bluetooth. Interesting. And the app will send that transaction detail, the, ad, the two addresses and the amount you are sending to the card. Let's call it transaction request. You, uh, the app sends that transaction request to the card and the card reads that detailed information and it shows the amount and the coin type you are sending on the screen of the card. Now that part is important. It's also called second factor authentication. You verify with your own eyes what you are sending literally again because mm -hmm. This will prevent you from phishing attacks. Sometimes you, uh, users might download uh, some um, phishing apps or their phone might have been compromised and they thought they, thought they are sending, let's say, one Bitcoin to my, my, my team, Andy. Mm -hmm. But below the, below the surface, the, the code is actually sending, let's say, 10 Bitcoins mm -hmm. to you, T. Yeah, as a man in the middle. Yeah. Right. So if there's there's no uh, second screen to show what exactly you are sending, you might fall into that attack. 
Okay, so once you visually verify that um, transaction detail, you press the button on the car physically. Now that action is also very important because it prevents all the remote attacks because any hacker who is sitting miles away working on their laptop attacking me, uh, there's just no way they could physically press that button. Ah, okay. Okay, so once you um, press that button on the card, the secure element in the card will start making a transaction signature inside the secure element. So that process is also important because if you make the transaction signature outside the secure element, your private key leaks out. So we keep the private key inside secure element in a trusted uh, transaction environment. Um, then you send that transaction signature out of the secure element and via Bluetooth to the smartphone and broadcast it to the blockchain network to complete one transaction. Mm, okay. So have you done any like um, field testing as far as like, uh, for instance, what I'm saying is uh, when I go to the gas station uh, or the convenience store to go get something, uh, that transaction takes place between me and the clerk. You know, there's first the screen that says, you know, insert your card, you put it in, then like two, three seconds, maybe go by and it says put in your pin or is it debit or is it credit? So the whole process takes I don't know if I could think off the top of my head, maybe 10 to 20 seconds. How long does it take for the user of a cool wallet S to, you know, send off a, a crypto transaction with the card? I'm really glad you asked <laughs> because <clears throat> we've uh, improved this time from uh, the classic version, the USB based wallets typically uh, will take uh, three minutes, if you're lucky, to make one transaction with the USB plus a laptop plus Wi-Fi, etc. Mm -hmm. But in our product, it takes about 10 to 15 seconds from the moment you want to make a transaction till you complete it. Wow! So pretty much the same speed, same yeah. speed as you know what we already do with our debit or credit card. Okay, that's good. Let me see if I can think. Oh, here's a here's a question that would uh, maybe it's outside of the box. Um, I've got to push this button on your card, and it's a it's so that's some sort of mechanical process. I'm assuming slightly mechanical. How long does that button last before I have to call up a cool bits and ask for a new card? <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, that the button can um, uh, last over uh, 5 million presses. 5 million presses, okay. Yeah, so, so. probably before my thumb joint breaks. Uh. <laughs> okay, I just had to ask because I was like, man, if that button breaks and that's the button I'm using, I gotta get a new card. 5 million presses, you heard that audience, that's that's a little less than 5 million uh, cheeseburgers from McDonald's you can get <laughs> with this cool wallet S. Um, okay, so, I think it's been a pain point for, for mass adoption, um, and that is that crypto is too ethereal. And what I mean by that isn't some neat company using Ethereum. I mean, it's too abstract. 
There needs to be some sort of inner, like even money nowadays, right? It's just a number on a screen. You go to you online bank, you look, oh, my number went up or, oh, my number went down. I paid some bills, but there is still a physical, I've got this card and it's my debit card and it's linked to that number. And I feel like this could be something that could help people say like, oh, crypto isn't this made up internet money. Like you can actually use it in real life. And so one, my hat's off to you. Uh, I'd love to get my hands on one. I kind of want to get my hands on one. Um, how, so while we're talking about mass adoption, what would you feel your definition of mass adoption is for cryptocurrency? My definition of mass ad- crypto mass adoption is that at least 30% of the population will be either using crypto as a payment or invest in crypto. And sometimes even without, they know it is crypto. Mm-hmm. That's That so last part is going to be tough. But I do think most of the effective uh decentralized applications will use that we'll touch on that last part where people are using ether or they're using some sort of token to do something cool on the internet that they have no idea that's that's why it's working that way so um 30 percent so and i three think out of eventually eventually it will happen in that direction because it's just like internet the triple w a lot of people don't know how it works behind the the browser Mm-hmm. They just know they have to search for what they need on the, the browser. They don't need to know how it works. Yeah, they don't need to know and probably don't want to know. Oh, that's not yeah. a great dinner conversation. <laughs> You're talking about like internet <laughs> protocols. They're like, yeah, whatever, man. I don't I don't care. I just want to update my Facebook status. That's <laughs> exactly. the most important thing to me. Uh, but anyways, so what do you think? So right now uh, we're experiencing one of the i think the third largest bear market crypto scene all right it's pretty rough it, it reminds me of 2014 just when you think you're out of it there's another dip and it goes up a little bit and you see the glimmer and then there's another dip and it, it just keeps that's what these bear markets feel like so um going into the next boom that we hopefully have what do you feel is a big hurdle um to more adoption that we need to overcome. Okay. So um, my opinion, my, my humble opinion, um, to reach mass adoption, there are two things that needed to be done. Um, first, it's uh, social obstacles. Second is uh, technological obstacles. What's social obstacles? Um, to make crypto as a payment method, it doesn't make sense if the crypto va- uh, value is so volatile. It, it goes up and down so dramatically. If the value keeps behaving that way, it will only make crypto um, uh, investment asset class because obviously you won't go to Walmart and pay with your investment uh, asset, right? Let's say mm-hmm. digital gold or your stock just doesn't make it that way mm-hmm. and another social obstacles is what's the actual benefit paying with crypto is there a tax benefit is there a more cost effective factor mm-hmm. 
or is it uh, simply faster? So mm. all that reason will, uh, will, I believe the crypto space, all the um, companies are working towards solving that social uh, problems by scaling up all the uh, business models. But it will take time. If it's been only 10 years and we'll get there eventually, I believe. Yeah. And the technological uh, obstacles, I believe, uh, is also a major factor. Because, again, um, reflecting to my earlier point that we can't offer the global scale market an unreliable system that breaks here and there every day all the time and people get hacked all the time. So my goal, my vision of Kubix, the company, is to provide a global scale standard, a new benchmark for the entire uh, wallet, crypto wallet uh, market. You have to be there just to begin serving your customers. Mm-hmm. So I think one of our missions is to um, completely eliminate pure software, pure hot wallet. And I'm not just saying, I'm not saying I'm going to kill all the other um, software <laughs> wallet companies. I'm saying um, there are tools like ours that can help them to improve, to enhance their security. We can uh, be mutual beneficial mm-hmm. and that will give the greater good to the uh, customer and the market and eventually leading to the uh, mass adoption. It's the best result for everyone. Good deals. So what about um, another thing that I could see could that, that people would probably want to answer is what happens if you lose uh, the card or you lose the phone, right? So how, you know, is the crypto just gone? Like back in the day, if you, you, your private key's gone, it's just, it's just gone. So what happens for the user if they lose the card, go out drinking one night, leave it on the bar or they lose the phone? What, uh, what's, how do they recover? Yeah. Okay. So it's like every other hardware wallet, it has a recovery system. And when user first set up the wallet, you have a recovery seed. It's in either uh, 12 to 24 sets of numbers or words, English words. And once you lose either your card or your smartphone, uh, you either buy a new smartphone or a new card and start the recovery process, entering your uh, recovery seed. Then all your uh, private keys and assets will be regenerated back into the card so you'll get your assets back simple as pie i do believe that's going to be one of the new like standard behaviors that people just in general are going to have to get used to because you know like now it's funny i have friends that will intentionally forget a password to places because they're just so comfortable doing the password recovery process like oh i'll just send it to my email and you know recover my password it's okay it's all good that's a now a learned behavior that people keep um, for low grade security stuff like game stuff. I don't know. 
that people just do that now. And I'm, it's surprising to me. I would never do that, but people are like, oh, I'll just recover my password. It's all good. Um, but I do think if you're when you're dealing with cryptocurrency, I think that's going to become the new standard of is like a 24 character seed phrase. And people are just going to, you know, it's just going to be like standard practice. So audience, you heard it there. Pure and simple. You lose the card or the phone. You want to recover. You use the uh, because they can't spend anything if they have just the card. So, I mean, good for them. Um, but you use the 24 word seed phrase and you can get your get access to your crypto again um let's see i don't know i think we're we've hit a lot of the biggies on the head here's a question i always ask on this show um before we kind of go into more about you know uh cool wallet s and like what cryptocurrencies they can hold and how they can get a hold of it more specifically but uh, is there anything you wished I had asked you that I didn't? Mm, let me think. Oh, okay. Um, how about this one? What potential use cases can Qualit S be? Okay. There we go. Okay. So I'll ask it. I'll ask it. It will seem like seem like I asked it. We'll see. Keep it up. What potential <laughs> use cases uh, could the cool wallet S apply to, uh, Michael? Okay. So um, <laughs> so uh, we we all know. I believe you you also uh, agree um, that what's valuable in crypto is the blockchain technology behind it. And the reason why now every company, I mean, almost all the crypto companies are doing crypto related, cryptocurrency related is because uh, crypto is still the, uh, where the most uh, profit at, at the current stage. And all the other blockchain applications, the apps are still in experimental uh, stage. And once we pass that experimental stage and entering a more commercialized use cases, there can be uh, healthcare data sharing or uh, blockchain insurance, blockchain bond uh, voting system, or eventually government uh, adopt the blockchain uh, system, uh, which is happening. Um, Estonian has been doing that for a while already. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time where, when uh, other governments follow. So when all that started happening, let's redefine what a wallet is. And let's look at what wallet does first. Essentially, the wallet acts as your blockchain identity because it's the only thing blockchain knows URD. Mm-hmm. Blockchain knows that because you own the private key and you are able to sign a signature using that private key. If you don't, then no, I'm sorry, blockchain doesn't know who is who. So given that, what Kuala S essentially has become 
your blockchain ID card. That will allow you to access every single blockchain, the app services, whatever uh, organization it's hosted by. It's the only gateway that allow you to um, um, perform the services through your smartphone. So I've always had this vision. Uh, one day, our Koala S will become a national ID card. It's printed with your uh, face, your name, your date of birth, etc., your your detail. And inside the signet, inside the secure element, it allows you to, let's say, do your voting remotely. Hmm. I'm not sure how voting works in your in in your country but in taiwan uh when we have to vote for president um there's no way to vote remotely every single citizen has to fly back into the country and go to uh let's say elementary school or junior high school where a lot of uh, redundant laborers uh, or volunteers uh they monitor the physical voting process mm-hmm. that's just inefficient yeah a lot of the places are like we're still very much like that sometimes you you can't vote online period but we do have electronic voting um we if you are overseas or if you're not in you can only vote in your like little small county if you're not there physically you fill out what's called like an absent ballot an absentee ballot and then they count it later that's how ours works um but you're right it's kind of cumbersome yeah. So what we can uh, do better with our solution is because we know who you are with a seat, with a card, with a card, with a private key in your hands. So when you sign that signature to vote remotely, let's say if you're in uh, Europe, but through your smartphone app and through the signature you sign in your card, we verify you are you. And your vote counts. You don't need to fly back. Yep. And it's biometric too, so you've got to be you. You can't have someone yeah. else's face. So <laughs> unless there's, yeah. unless there's ways to fool facial recognition, <laughs> that's cheap and easy. So I don't know. But yeah, that's gonna be mission impossible next uh, episode. Yeah, that's the next. One. <laughs> that's the next mission possible. Mission possible eight now. Wait, no, there's four, five, six, that'll be six. Um, okay. So that is a pr- pretty bright future looking at it. Um, it would be really cool if, you know, I were not in my country, but still would be able to vote for things and take place in things in my country, especially with apps like, or dApps like civic. I know civic is one, uh, that's doing the identity blockchain. And I think Microsoft is heavy into it, but I'm not sure. Um, so now let's talk a little bit, just particularly in it with like cool wallet S how do people get their hands on one? Of course the, the apps in the app store. Um, yeah. How do they get their hands on one? If they want one, simply go to coolwallet.io to order one, or it's also available on, on, uh, Amazon us. All right. That's simple enough. So go to Amazon, type in cool wallet S and it pops right up. Yes. And then 
All right. You guys, this is easy. They, they're making it really easy, guys. It's not like a lot of things in crypto. And there's an actual product, so that helps. Uh, a lot of things in crypto, they're like, we don't have a product yet. Um, yeah. We will one day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so go to Amazon, Cool Wallet, get one, or uh, um, go to coolwallet.io, and you can get one there. Um, yeah. Any parting words you have for the audience? Oh, uh, I forgot to mention um, the last uh, part of our uh, company growing uh, history. Okay. So um, since we uh, started working on the second generation, we've managed to sold uh, to date over 100,000 units. Oh, wow. And we closed our seat. Uh, no. We closed our A-Round uh, fundraising uh, in February 2018 with over eight digits US dollars. And we can proudly say we did it with uh, traditional equity fundraising. We didn't do any token sale ICO. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you feel like ICOs have a bad rep or you just said like, hey, we don't need to do an ICO. We're just going to go get it old, old fashioned. And um, is it that you, yeah. you know, is it that you thought ICOs have a bad reputation? You didn't want to be tarnished with the negative stigma that could come with that, or you just, you know, had a different plan? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, uh, ICO, ninety percent of the ICOs, according to Vitalik's own words, are uh, scams. Are not going to work. The poor qualities ones. So we don't want to be, you know, part of a bad reputation. Yeah, so we want to be confident and we want the market to be confident that we always deliver what we promise. Even in the stage where uh, we are about to do an IPO later on. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So big, big moves. Got IPO in the future. Uh, eight figure funding. Congratulations. Wow. <laughs> That's not a little bit. That's a lot of bit. Um, yeah. So. Oh, oh, one last thing. How much does it cost? We haven't even talked about that. Like, how much does the cool wallet S cost? Each wallet S costs one eighty nine US dollars now. Okay, one eighty nine. All right, that's so. While you guys listening are factoring that in, like one hundred eighty nine dollars. Um, if you have like significantly more than one hundred eighty nine dollars and it's not secure, um, you know, maybe you should go out and get a $189 wallet <laughs> to secure your, your money. I don't know. So um, once again, that's Amazon. Type in Cool Wallet. You'll find it in coolwallet.io. So well, well, thank you, Michael, for swinging by. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Dee.